What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radical Ones, today I believe in you and me with 1996's The Preacher's Wife. Merry Christmas, Daddy. Merry Christmas to you too, Jeremiah. It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie. Gotten a the power is yours. Get down, honey. Get down. Yeah. Emma, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, beat me. My name is Grace Jones. Thunder. 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 Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I'm here with Rob, the movie geek himself. Two weeks in a row, you get some Rob action. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's unheard of. I'm, I'm the third host. I'm, I'm host number three. That's how Ryan oh. has it. Oh, nothing. This is your doing. You put me in this. So I- I'll be number three with the occasional back-to-back episodes. <laughs> yeah, I do like to usually do one and then the other, but... Just you and David. It's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I am okay to do these one-offs. It's totally fine. I have you for an- another show so it made sense that you and David have more episodes together. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> I feel like we need to give Rob the gift of more episodes in the new year. Totally fine. <laughs> it's totally But yeah, like yeah, I don't I usually don't 
do back-to-back episodes sometimes, so. <laughs> so you were in for a treat because I don't know if today's movie we've ever discussed off camera, so I can't wait to get Rob's take on this movie and his possible history, how he feels, what he thinks about the rewatch. Before we get into that, we keep trying to bring you some retro news, and this week, Rob actually found something and sent it my way, so let's get into that. So Rob, what did you send me the other day that shocked me? So very randomly, I'm scrolling through Instagram and I stumble upon a trailer to a new show. Uh, The characters that I saw were very, very familiar, but there was something new about them. And most likely it was just how they were digitized because (laughs) this is a new Netflix show. And it's uh, that 90s show, which is a sequel spinoff of that 70s show. Uh, it stars, uh, what is it? Is her name Deborah Webb, Reb, and Kurt, Kurt Word Smith, who are back as our favorite parents, now grandparents, to um, Topher Grace's character's child. And so her and a bunch of her friends sort of take over the basement where they all used to hang out and it takes place in the 90s so i'm very very excited about this but i am very very scared because that 80s show did not do very well so disappointed that it didn't i wanted it to work so badly Rob. i did too but i love the 90s i just to me the look and feel of the house because they wanted to give you a little bit of familiar territory the house still looks 80s and so do they so i don't know how much 90s is going to be incorporated into this maybe we'll get like a brady bunch thing where they still are the same people but yet (gasps) everybody else is kind of 90s i don't know but I'm a little scared also, because I know you have a little bit of info about this, but what also troubles me is that, unfortunately, Blockbuster did not do very good. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that. Yeah. Did you end up watching the episodes? Yeah, I watched them all. I watched them all. There was maybe two episodes I can hands down say were really good and also what I expected and wanted the show to be. The rest of it, not so good. And I and I worked there. So wow. I was really looking for some shenanigans a la Superstore, but I didn't get it. And it was more about the people. All they did was put on the uniforms and just carry on with their own storylines and yeah while they did a lot of their scenes inside of a blockbuster blockbuster to me wasn't used it wasn't a character it was just it's it's hard to explain but it just wasn't as funny as i wanted it to be and as nostalgic as i wanted it to be and so with that i don't know if netflix is going to handle that 90s show well so we'll see what did you hear about it well just to follow up with rob he explained exactly what i was gonna say the same exact thing because of netflix coming up with a blockbuster show tapping into the nostalgia right they grab you with blockbuster but then they end up serving you something completely not what you were thinking of i'm thinking the same thing rob netflix is so hit and miss right now especially with previous properties that they pick up and continue i 
I am a little nervous as well. But this is debuting in January of 2023. That 90s show is set 15 years after the event of that 70s show. And of course, like Rob said, there was a teaser trailer featuring Deborah and Kurtwood. And then the, that 70s show aired from 1998 to 2006, which for me sounds crazy. 2006, it seems like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was less than 10 years. So if they started the show in the 80s, or I'm assuming some seasons were in the same year. So it worked out. They never went into the 90s on that. That I mean, I'm sorry. They never went into the 80s on that 70s show. But actually, I never finished it. I stopped watching it when Topher left. But here's the other thing, too. I wonder if this show will get a little backlash with its origin connection to Danny Masterson. Because mm. he's not doing very well either. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of people could boycott this because of the connection. I doubt that he has been asked back, but we'll see. But yeah, I never finished that 70s show. (laughs) This is a safe spot. I didn't either. So don't take away our retro cards, everybody. We had a lot going on in the early 2000s. Yeah. It's 1995. And then Leia Foreman is desperate for some adventures in her life, or at least a best friend who isn't her dad. So this is the premise, but honestly, I am not expecting greatness, honestly. I think that's the best thing. Don't set yourself up for high expectations and then just see what happens. I think they'll concentrate on the fashion and also the culture shock of these grandparents dealing with the 90s and these younger kids. They look younger than the original cast did when they were when they were casted. So it'll be fun to kind of see that. And I think that even though it does focus on this this granddaughter i believe the focal point should be the grandparents and their shenanigans i love that they're still in it and that they agreed to do the show and the teaser trailer looked very cute so i'm curious so it's also that girl meets world spin where they do a daughter this time yeah and kind of give you that way so yeah rob's right the cast actually looks of age around the point that they should be i guess that's our new modern take on acting too they actually cast teenagers (laughs) so we'll see i mean january 2023 and then just to follow this up of course today's movie we're discussing stars whitney houston and the whitney houston movie not the lifetime one that was done a few years ago the official movie i suppose is coming out december 23rd in theaters i don't know if i'll get to see it before christmas rob but i am getting my butt there at some point do you approve of what you've seen so far you're more of a fan than me so i have to say i don't know if you've seen the same thing like even online i see nothing about this movie nothing there's like no hype there is no beyond a trailer and like a few second scenes of her singing and raising her arms there is nothing so i actually am a little worried too because they're not showing us anything like not even a scene of like anything like dialogue wise so I, I I don't know the actress outside of her wig. I, I have no idea who she is. I really don't. Like, I recognize Stanley Tucci and all, but like, yeah, I have no Tucci. idea who this woman is. And I have yet to see like a promo fiction, you know, picture of her, you know, just her doing her thing or whatever. So yeah, it's a little, I mean, I, I, I don't think anybody's going to be rushing to the theater to see this movie only because it looks very cliche. Like, it's yeah, not like it we know... It's not like we know how it's going to end, but it's 
I mean, I, I have my doubts that it's going to like break ground on something that we all didn't know. It's just more of a celebration and it's not something you need to rush the theaters to go see. You're right. That's why I'm wondering too why they aren't at least trying to get some money back in the theaters by like hyping it up at least. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the actress, I only know her, Rob, because she was in the last Star Wars movie. Oh, okay. Okay. I know she's an English actress. I think her name is Naomi Aki, mm-hmm. but honestly, I don't see Whitney in her physically. So you know what? Maybe her acting will blow me away, and I'll I'll be thrilled. But I think Rob's right. I don't think this is going to turn out to be an Elvis or a Bohemian Rhapsody or something as popular as that, or Rocket Man or whatever the hell. Unfortunately, I I did like the likenesses of her music videos. I think they got those looks spot on, especially the um, what is that song? Heartbreak Hotel when she's in that <gasps> silver and, like it's, it's it's just like a quick image of her but like head to t- i was just like wow they really got the outfits down and i'm also curious if they're going to use whitney's singing voice like they did on selena yeah i looked it up they did say clive davis said while the actress is great no one can match whitney which makes sense so i for one am looking forward to her singing the national anthem because i haven't heard that rendition in a very long time so good so to be able to kind of see that would be um a moment and i know it's gonna be good so i have things to look forward to but this is not theater quality stuff so we'll see i i have to say as much as i love whitney it seems like it's just a quick hash grab they put the bodyguard out this month they're like Whitney, Whitney, throw her out there. Well, I also think the other thing, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this. The difference between the rest of the biopics that we've been seeing talk more about the devastation and the destruction of her life. I don't know if people gravitate to that more than just seeing a happier side or a happier portion of an artist's life. But the trailer doesn't show any kind of like turmoil or anything about her addiction. They show a hint of Bobby, but I think this is more focused on how she started versus how she ended. And I still don't even know what the movie is about, but to me, it's more of a celebration than a lifetime story about her demise. And And I don't know if people care to watch that good stuff i think they want destruction and they want them to break down and see this woman on drugs and stuff and it's just like go to have fun i don't know we'll see no i think you summed it up beautifully and to be continued because there is nothing about this movie so if you heard it here first (laughs) god bless you lord if you're really up there i need some help You okay? No. This is the story of an angel. My name's Dudley. I'm here in answer to your request. My request? For help? A preacher. <gasps> and his wife. This is Dudley, the Reverend's new assistant. Who sent you exactly? The top man himself. Now that's what I call good looking. My twitch is broken. Let's see what I can do here. What they needed was a miracle. They got him instead. Take your wife out dancing. Can't do it. Not tonight. You go. Henry? Oh, my. From director Penny Marshall. You get out as much as I do. Oh, less. Even less. I guess I don't have to ask if you had a nice time. We had fun. 
Remember what that used to be? Denzel Washington. Now, I've seen the way she looks at you. Really? I mean, really. Whitney Houston. You know you love him. Yeah, he knows it too. That's the problem. So what does the sheep say in this play anyway? <laughs> it's good to see you laugh again. It's nice to have a reason to. I want you to leave. Check the angel handbook. Wait a minute. Hey, Henry! What was that? It wasn't me! The Preacher's Wife. The Preacher's Wife. A reverend begins to doubt himself and is visited by an angel. The heavenly ambassador is supposed to help the good reverend over his midlife crisis, but he is distracted by the lovely young wife, Julia. This film was a remake of The Bishop's Wife from 1947, starring oh, Cary Grant, who is okay. God, my God, what a handsome man. But what a cast. Yeah, the cast is good. I I told you that I thought that this was sort of a follow-up to The Butcher's Wife, but I guess there was an original before that one. So yeah, before my time. But I remember that there was something called The Butcher's Wife, and and this had sort of the same similar plot. Speaking of the cast, the amount of people in this movie, like Lionel Richie, I completely forgot about. Oh, well, but first off, did you see this movie back in the day when it came out? Oh, Definitely. In theaters. For sure. Yes. Yeah, same. With my mother. And then we have it on... Well, we have it on VHS. Oh my god. There was a VHS somewhere, but I gotta tell you, I don't want to spoil it, but I definitely am buying this for myself for Christmas after this rewatch. Very nice. That's awesome. What do you think about the whole story? So it's it's Christmas time. There is this church. Is this the cliche Christmas movie storyline where there's a businessman that wants to buy up the land and then right in time for Christmas you got to save the church or the community center or the the local theater it's like seems to always be a thing in Christmas movies save the church save the the area of the town (laughs) (laughs) well to answer your first question uh, the the biggest shock to me was Loretta Devine I completely forgot that she was in this movie and I don't even know if I knew who she was when I watched this so to see her in that so young surprised me exactly but the rest of the cast I kind of had a hint on there was obviously a lot of waiting to exhale in here that I mean Gregory Hines yeah Whitney Houston yeah. Loretta Devine so yeah. all in waiting to exhale from the yeah. previous year yeah yeah, yeah. And so with with that, yeah, I was surprised by the cast a little bit, but a lot of it was familiar to me. I think she was the big standout. Um, As far as this movie, yes, it's not Hallmark, but it definitely follows the traditional uh, plot to ignite hope, right? Mm. Like that's the whole point of the movie is that we need something to go against uh, our characters, some kind of like turmoil or something to fix but it can't just be done with like you know money or whatever like you you need something beyond like belief and hope and all that stuff so you have to give these characters something to kind of fight for and where do you turn for assistance whether it's just support or whatever so yeah it's easy to just say you know a church is not doing so well it's about to break down but then there's also the family dynamic that's also in trouble because of responsibilities in the town that you know stuff at home is not being taken care 
care of. Yes. The first thing that I thought, and this is, you know, when you get an episode with Rob, there's more cynicism. <laughs> that, is that the word? I think that's yes. the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, you know, I, I'm i not a religious person and I don't see, like, not all churches are like this. This is not me, like, coming down on, on that aspect. But when you've got politicians, cor- corporations, and, you know, politicians, government, like, all of this stuff who are clearly going to create some kind of, you know, situation that needs poor people's money, right? And, you know, we look to the community and we look for togetherness. And I love the fact that we all get together to help each other out. But we're all just exchanging the little money that we have. And it's never coming from people who literally bathe in it. And so then you turn it around and most of these organizations just want their kitchen redone or a new car. Like these collection plates, you don't know where this these money this money is going. No, you do hear horror stories a lot of times. You do. And so like my first thought is I'm I'm looking behind the scenes at this church that's trying to raise money to get A, B, and C. But it's just like, y'all just want to play your bill. I don't know. I didn't think that's what was going on. But I had to really remove that so I can get into the wholesome feel that this movie was yes. supposed to project. Because today, if I were to watch this, I'd be like, you guys are a scam. You're not using the money for the church. You're stealing from your constituents. Like, it's just... You let that boiler break on purpose. You took the money. (laughs) I just, yeah. So with that being said, like I usually don't watch movies where musical artists, and in this case, Whitney, are cast to play characters who can sing. I don't Mm -hmm. get a thrill out because it's not a surprise to me. And I'm not saying that musicians can't act. But if they belt out a song like every five minutes, it's like, okay, I get it. And like, what is it about your character that's different than who you are? Like, I want to see you do something different. Otherwise, just stay in your lane. But this is why it took me a a long time and why I avoided the bodyguard. Because I'm like, okay, you're an artist. Like, we get it. Is this a biography or are you acting? And yeah, when I saw the movie, I appreciated it for what it was. But it's just not my thing. So like... Other artists, like the first one that comes to my head, Tyrese, like he does the Fast and Furious series and he did Baby Boy. Nowhere in that was he rapping and singing or whatever. You know, he was an actor, whether he was good or not. And that's what I want to see. You know, Mariah did Honey and it's just like, oh my gosh, she went to a club and got discovered. It's like, bitch, we know you can sing. Like, this is not a shock to us. (laughs) So it just takes me out of the story. This is fake. And so I I have that in my head. (laughs) when I saw this movie, but you know, I was a kid when I saw this and yeah, I jumped on, on seeing this movie like right away. Right. Even though I'm not religious and I had the whole artist thing, it's the fact that there was hardly any like black struggle. I mean, we had a little bit of it in this. There was a little bit of, you know, um, stereotype and prejudice, but there wasn't the heavy black struggle. Right. Um, yes. And then also Penny Marshall, like she already did sister act and league of their own. What a great director, right? I love both of those movies. So of course I'm going to go see this, right? So yeah, that that is sort of how I kind of came into Preacher's Wife. And then of course, 
I don't own this movie, but I definitely own the soundtrack. Like I bought oh, that God. immediately. Yes. Oh my God. What a soundtrack. So since Rob brought up the soundtrack really quickly, it had two hit singles, I Believe in You and Me and Step by Step. Of course, there was a whole bunch of gospel music as well, which was where Whitney came from originally in, you know, in the gospel choir, which I never realized that her mother Sissy was in this movie until this rewatch. And I'm like, oh my God. Hold on, hold on. I have I have idea i want to try something new here i'm going to separate the nothings sopranos first nothing altos nothing nothing tenors okay i'm going to separate it julia we've always done it like this why all of a sudden are you changing well mrs harvigal we're going to do it a little different tonight is that all right with you Hmm? Mm let's try it one two three what do you think mrs harvigal acceptable thank you yeah we're gonna have to bring this up now because i have a thing about that i was like that was the worst excuse to throw in a cameo because she steps in she was like why we gotta change something we always keep it the same and she was like we're gonna do something a little different tonight is that okay and then she backed off i'm like why did you step up in the first place if it was that easy for you to back down they could have thought of a better way to include her in this movie this is hard harvigal harvigal it was so weak it was weak i'm sorry but you're right that was the cheapest cameo putting your parents in a movie it's so true they out of everyone in the choir she just kind of yeah steps forward says her line because she was of course the choir master at their real church but we did do a recording before this for one of our uh, our other show brunch with the hollowells but i am losing my voice rob because i've been singing i believe in you and me since yesterday <laughs> 24 that, i mean the whole day i woke up today going i believe as soon as i woke up so you so you sing out loud when you're at home by yourself i do oh my god one of my previous landlords a matter of fact <laughs> she used to hear me singing all the time and then if i sang a sad song she would text me are you doing okay <laughs> i'm like oh my god first off i'm sorry you can hear me and second off, she goes oh no i enjoyed it but i wouldn't if i was her but yes i do sing out loud i sing but only in the volume that i would sing in public to where no one can hear me I, i'm more of the facial expression like i'm theatric when i'm singing by myself but i'm not gonna yell out a song that i know like yeah that's just no i was i believe in miracle i was doing the whole thing the whole day that's funny (laughs) i mean this is again all over the place but speaking of that scene when she goes to this jazz club and lionel richie is the owner of it by the way he looks older there than he does now what the hell happened to lionel richie it's the hair i think just the lack of it just brings out more of his age and his face and whatnot so he just looks a little older that must be it because i was like damn i on idol you look great anyway can you believe that this character just got up saying like that and no one was just like i guess this is to your point of singers being in movies like oh yeah she just did that song and we're not amazed or anything we're just oh yeah great i know (laughs) yeah i think everybody is just used to that kind of singing so it's just like oh this is a tuesday somebody is singing so well and you know but yeah 
that was a that was a moment. It was a moment. We didn't bring up the story. Actually, starts with this child actor who, by the way, made the whole so movie. So good, so good. Yes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But yes, oh, no, so- no, please. I I agree. Justin Pierre Edmond. He never did anything else. It seems like after this, but that's too bad. That's too bad. I wonder if his parents like stopped him from working because he had a future. I I thought he carried this movie very well. You know my motto. If you don't have a good child actor, Rob says, then you're, you're as screwed. good as your child actor. You're, yeah, your project is good as your child actor. It's like he was fantastic. What you are about to see is true. The names have not been changed because nobody believes me anyway. Rob, honestly, I was so touched just by his relationship with his friend who turned out to be his brother at the end, Hakeem. Yeah. Oh my God. The way that they would hug each other and even just hold hands. I was just like, yes. I love that these little boys are just being best friends, brothers. And I was so touched by him and his little voice. So I have a question because like for a church family, especially with a child that age, I'm surprised that they were allowed to play so far away from the house Mm. as they were. Because I'm like, did they, did Dudley land in their front yard? Because I'm like, they were playing in the snow, but they didn't, they built the snowman in the yard, but they were playing in the snow somewhere else. I don't know where they were. We were not allowed to be out like by ourselves at that age. He was Oh, that is too young. Yeah. So I was very surprised by that. Like that neighborhood didn't seem safe according to another plot point that we got in the movie. Yeah. You're right. Was that their backyard? I don't know. I don't know. But for him to land where he was, nobody else noticed. Like the grandma didn't have eye view of these two kids playing. (laughs) That's not black families do not do that. Like I was very shocked by that. But yeah, that stood out to me. (laughs) And you mentioned grandma. This is Jennifer Lewis. That's my grandma. She's staying with us for the holidays. Everyone says she needs a man. Whatever that means. Another Penny Marshall, st- you know, person because uh, of Sister Act and whatnot. What did you think of her as Whitney's mother? Did you believe it, Rob? Because oh, yes, they're only six years apart. That's look hilarious. <laughs> And I think it was the subdued of Whitney when she would talk to her that made her seem a little younger. And uh, yeah, Jennifer Lewis is the ultimate mom. Like I saw Blackish in this. Anytime I see her, she it, she will always be. It's Mink. It's Purple Mink Dolores. That's all I hear when <laughs> I see Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> it's Purple Mink. That's all I see, and I love it. I heard she's going to be in Sister Act 3. I would love that. I would love that. I mean, she made cameos in both the other ones. So, yeah, I would love to see that. And the whole plot with her smoking in the house, that is totally a grandmother thing, I think. That is also a very 90s thing. It was actually really awkward to see this woman smoke on screen because it's not a plot point anymore in today's movies it's really unlikely for anyone to really be smoking just to do it. it's just it's just an odd choice to be like your character smokes you know unless it's like you know you're kind of like poor 
war or whatever. And like usually for a typical character, but it was because it was part of a plot point. So it made sense. But it was so weird to just see somebody smoking in in this movie. But yeah, it became a thing. (laughs) Did I tell you I quit smoking? Bessie, I'm coming in. Did I tell you I quit smoking? I'm so proud of you, Sugar. That was my f- <laughs> I love that when when done. Dudley touches her hand and I guess he used his angel magic and he got her to stop smoking. Love it. Love it. Which, by the way, I found this while looking for trivia. Now that we're talking about Jennifer Lewis, this is crazy to me. Whitney Houston and Jennifer both auditioned for the role of Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It. Mm. I honestly can't see either one of them playing. I mean, especially after Angela Bassett. I don't know. But Whitney playing Tina? Tina, I don't know. And Jennifer uh, Jennifer Lewis, I don't know. I can't I don't see Tina with her either. Well, I mean, we we've been pre, you know, given the goat. There's absolutely That's no way. True. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We're we're too biased. So, we don't know. Maybe they have a lot of versatility that they could have pulled it off, but this was Angela's role. So, yeah. Not even up for discussion. <laughs> no. Now, of course, we have to talk about the whole Angel plot. I mean, that is the whole movie as much as Whitney, you know, takes over her scenes with her singing. So, Denzel Washington plays this my God, lovable, lovable man, Dudley the Angel. Do you think that he had more chemistry with Whitney than Courtney B. Vance? Are you saying in terms of like compatibility on who she should be with? You know, it's almost like at one point of the movie, I was just like, I'd be okay if you you went with Dudley and started singing and dancing somewhere. Take that, <laughs> take your son. No, but I actually did like the the Reverend too. But I I think that watching Whitney be tempted. Oh my God, this preacher's wife was like, I can look in the window. Oh, I don't have to buy. I was like, oh my goodness. She like literally admitted she was attracted to this man. I don't. I didn't remember that. Oh my lord. Ma, you said that already. And I'm going to say it again. Oh, my Lord. You a married woman. Oh, Ma. I can look in the window. Even if I don't buy. Yeah, well, you just better not go window shopping with money in your pocket. And you better not be putting anything in the layaway plan either. You hear me? To her mother. I can look in the window without buying anything, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I'm going to get a little preachy right now because I really didn't think about this until you asked me. And um, as far as a visual movie goes, when you're watching two hours of their lives and you clearly see that Whitney is happier and smiling more when she's with Denzel, it doesn't necessarily say that they are more compatible or have more chemistry with each other because the, you know, the Courtney B. Vance and her have this sort of like turmoil going on in their relationship. My thing when it comes to seeing relationships on screen or just in real life, to be honest with you, I think if a couple were constantly happy and never fighting and always just having a good time, I would question more about what's really going on than a couple who fights and and gets through it. I have 
more faith in chemistry over how somebody argues with each other rather than constantly being happy. So while Denzel's character Dudley made Julia feel very welcomed and loved and and you know want you know wanted, I just it, it's all fluff to me. It's not right. real, and I think it feels good for the moment. But can you really handle the business? And that's the thing. It's just like we're watching these two go through it and do the best they can under the circumstances and keep their marriage together. I feel that there was more chemistry between the okay here's an example the very beginning she sees that her husband is struggling and without saying a word she takes it upon herself to assist his sermon with background vocals even though he didn't want it just the look between the two of them the look back, the yep. word, i think was great example of chemistry god is that little voice inside that says don't give in don't give in don't give up be gone, temptation. He knows you're tired. That's why he says, lean on me. And just at one point, you know, he goes, he knows you're tempted. And then he looks back quickly like, don't you dare. And a side note. We just have, and when I say we, black people, we just have this look on our faces that can translate words in any language you can think of with just a stare. And he looked and he was like, you better not. Like, don't do that again because I am over it. I love that scene so much. And I played it back a couple of times. But that right there is marriage. That right there is chemistry for me. Real life. Yes. So I'll get off my soapbox now. No, I mean, you're right. I, I'm glad I got to ask you that because a lot of the reviews I kept seeing kept saying that it would have been better if Whitney and Denzel were the leads. But to me, you're right. Rob is saying exactly what it was. She didn't know this man every day. She just saw a respect man that was nice and sweet took her out to to the restaurant you know every time they got together it was a great time but you don't know on a daily basis what it would have been like with you know life with this person so true so are you are you saying that you wanted denzel to be the preacher because he has better chemistry to play the husband is that what you're saying yeah yeah i mean that is what every review i saw a lot of people saying so you, so you wanted Whitney and Denzel to have marital problems and have Cordy B. Vance be the charming one. Is that what you're saying? I, yeah, I, I think that might have been something okay. else. But I am glad that Denzel played the angel because I think this is a great role for him, honestly. It is a great role. That, that does change the question a little bit. I thought you just meant who should she end up with as far as the character as is. But if you're asking... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor playing the preacher... I think that if we were to kind of typecast these two men, it makes sense where they landed. True. Denzel is a very, very handsome man. And just speaking, you know, let's just complete the circle. We just brought up Angela Bassett. She's married to Courtney B. Vance. So, you know. Who is a handsome man, too? I think he's very handsome. But he may have some suaveness to him that we don't know about. But we're just used to Denzel playing that game, that role. So, I actually thought it was endearing that he loved his 
yes, he was struggling. He was going through this crisis of faith, but this reverend really did love his parish and his people, and he did want what was best for them. I get it. I get it. You know, the marriage struggles. But that one moment, Rob, when they're delivering baskets, you really see their connection. They're driving in the car together. And what was the joke that Whitney says? Something about his mother wanted to fatten her up because she didn't like her. And she said, your mother wanted me to be as fat as her. The police saw your mama (laughs) and told her to break it up. Seems like we've been doing this forever. (laughs) Forever is right. Do you remember the first time? Uh, My mother was visiting. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, Emmy, she never liked me. No, 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 that's not true. She used to always say, girl, you better get some meat of them there bones. Emmy ain't got nothing to grab onto back there. Well, she just wanted you to eat, that's all. No, she wanted me to be as fat as her. No, 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 she wasn't that fat. Henry, policeman, walk down the street, see your mama and go, break it up! (laughs) It's good to see you laugh again. It's nice to have a reason to. (laughs) That whole scene with them when they were laughing and then they leave the car and then Dudley has the Reverend fall over on on the driveway and then Whitney comes, Julia comes to get him and they fall again, they laugh. That's when you see that these people really do love each other, which was great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Dudley saw that too. And I think that having the plot point of like, he's here to do a job, he's here to do the Lord's work, but is getting sidetracked by falling in love with Julia. And I think the the last sermon that the preacher gives, I forget his name at the moment. The uh, Reverend Henry. Henry, Henry. I like that he gives forgiveness for Dudley falling in love with Julia. I thought that was the perfect line to wrap up sort of what sort of the conflict was in this movie was that he had a job to do, but he thought more about his love for Julia. And um, I thought that was a really nice line to say, you know, you can't help who you fall for. And, Mm. you know, and it also, you know, just made Henry see like you're taking your woman for granted. Cause I love it. There's, there's a moment when they're all in a room together and Julie is trying to talk to him, to Henry and he's not listening. And so easy, just rolled off the tongue like it wasn't nothing. Um, Dudley was like, your wife is talking to you. And that's all that you need to say. Like, if your woman is talking to you, you are supposed to listen. I don't think there's anything different from the script that you need to go off of. Like, she's talking. Why aren't you listening to her? And it was just easy as that. And I'm just like, that is so simple. It's so simple. But a lot of people don't know how to do that. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? I just really thought that was nice. So I enjoyed the side plot of him having to put his love aside to do his job because uh, I can see how it was tricky where he saw himself. He loved the kid. So who could? I mean, that kid charming again. My God, that kid (laughs) and his, by the way, Lion King comforter, which was amazing. Oh, yeah. Disney did their very best to to cross promote as much (laughs) as they could. Don't think we didn't notice, Disney. You tried it. But yeah, Lion King came out just just shortly around that same time. 
so yeah of course they were gonna plug those in <laughs> how about when he tells hakeem he gives them the candy bars and he says they may starve you there oh my god this kid he melted my heart i think they need to show this to people whose whose heart is has hardened over the world and have this kid talk to them in this little cute voice that this tr- is a true story nobody believes me oh my god <laughs> uh, but dudley was a really cool character i like the angel aspect i love the magic aspect of it i thought it was okay to be fantasy i mean obviously you know kids aren't walking outside and being like oh yeah let's pray and then we'll get the same treatment you know <laughs> oh, yeah I'm sure they are <laughs> would feel devastated if their prayers weren't answered but this one was i, I like the whole angel aspect of it and just how joyful and jolly he was just being on earth and whatnot that was the i think the refreshing part of the movie rob seeing how happy he was even when he drew the little stick figure with the smiley face on the reverend's window when he gives him a ride and he thinks he's a crazy he thinks he's crazy because he says he's an angel and the reverend doesn't believe it but so charming there is two things that i want to talk about with that so first when they go out to Jazzy's and Denzel is dancing, Whitney, along with most of the patrons there, were haters on him living his I best life that. and just dancing. And it's like, maybe it's not as classy or sophisticated for a jazz bar, but like, let this man dance. I just, I didn't really understand why they were so put off by that. And then one guy was like, oh, he must be drunk. And I'm like, no, this is him just dancing. Mm. What's that one? The Popeye. Popeye. Okay. Yeah, it's coming back now. I guess. Ah. Whoa. (laughs) You get out as much as I do. Oh, less, even less. <laughs> I wanted to bring up, they mentioned he, because I think Julie goes, What's that called? And he says, I'm doing the Popeye. So, oh, yeah. I looked it up, and there is a dance called the Popeye dance, and it's based off of dance moves that were executed on one of the Popeye cartoons from 1934. So, this gives you a little oh. bit of an idea of how old Dudley is, is. when he died. And he um, mentions that he hasn't been to earth in a so there you go a long time so around 1934 great find is when he probably passed or or at least was a grown man so he's from that era so yeah i wanted to point that out but as you mentioned henry did not believe dudley so here's the thing we all step up and and when times are hard we're like please lord please god even if it's just like a a a one-off like we're not literally on our knees praying but we we look to something that's not there to help like Mm -hmm. what if something did happen and immediately he's like you're crazy right and it's like dude you just wished for me two minutes ago and now you're telling me you don't believe me so this is why i think church i just this is why i think church is just different it's just different and i get it because part of the plot point for henry was that he lost a little bit of his faith so i'm glad they admitted that yeah but it's just the idea of a pastor who literally preaches like pray to god he will speak to you he will let you know what to do and yada 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 and then when somebody literally comes up to you and says they're an angel i answered your prayer they're like you're freaking crazy and it's just it's just weird i i don't i don't get how 
all you know like the idea of religion is put upon somebody and like if god really did talk to you you would find yourself crazy because you know you don't see him you know the fact that he is a man of god right and then did this prayer and then this man is literally saying i'm an angel you would be more inclined right especially after he starts your car that won't start like there's little things you're like you gotta go well i just prayed like you said and this guy is showing up what are the odds what are the odds a man is gonna say i'm an angel lord if you're really up there I need some help. Henry? You again. Yeah. What do you want from me now? Uh, wait, I'm supposed to ask you that question. Right now, all I want is to put my key in the ignition, turn it, and have it. <laughs> what else? Oh, I suppose you think that you'd I just don't, you know, like he, he didn't believe him. And then like Dudley looks stunned. He was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, he was like, I got to work harder. But it's just like, I didn't know that this was going to be a hard sell on you. Like you're no. a pastor. Like if <laughs> I'm sitting here proving to you that I'm an angel. It was just, it was just weird. But he, Dudley was grabbing the pearls. He was like, damn, I didn't <laughs> know I had to do all this. I thought I could just come up to him and just be like, I answered your prayer. <laughs> It's it's lucky that it is his job because I would have went back and snitched. I was like, this man ain't a believer. He don't deserve our help. S- assign me to somebody else because he's slipping. He's slipping. This man just blasphemous me and told me I wasn't real. Like, I'm out. Done. Go ahead and have fun with your boiler. I'm good. I'm good. Then he goes, that scene, he goes to, to get a piece of pizza or two pieces of pizza, right? And then that man, he's like, you know, the reverend, right? He's kind of a little odd. And then that man turns around, there's a photo, and he gives his money back and takes everything back. Are uh, you, uh, you know Reverend Biggs? Sure, from St. Mitts. Yeah, that's the one. Stubborn, isn't he? Kind of short with people, too, didn't you notice? This man right here. Not that I know him that well. I'm just... He came to the hospital every day after my wife's surgery. Every day? He baptized all five of my kids. All five of them? Yeah. Give me this. Wait. Go on. Get wait, on out no, of here. No, I didn't mean anything. Get on out of here. I just... Get on out of here. You better go. Get on out of here. And don't come back. That's loyalty. That is a love church it. community if I ever saw one. I love that loyalty. So you bring this up. Uh, after his pizza was taken away, uh, he went to get a hot dog. Ryan, do you, he ate his hot dog front ways. Do you eat a hot dog front or for the, for the side? Look at him holding his, his big hot <laughs> yeah, dog. It was, I did give it, make it a really a big yeah, one for some sure reason. Did. Jeez. I don't know what that was about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think I do take it from the front. Take <laughs> <laughs> it from the front. <laughs> so, you, you so, you, so you bite like. So you bite like straight on, you know, because for me, I'm holding the hot dog on the side. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> he gets like this all the time. <laughs> Every time this subject is brought up, I'm not even taking it there. You're taking I'm it there. Sweating, y'all. <laughs> I'm literally sweating. Oh, so you take yours. No, so the hot dog, I'm holding it on the side and I tilt my head and bite it. Okay. I don't hold. So if you look at Denzel, he's literally holding it from the front, just like a uh, dude from Nothing But Trouble. He holds it from the front and <laughs> bites sure it. Does. I don't. I've always tilted my head and bit it from the side. So you hold it in front of you and 
No, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I do do a sideways. Yeah, like you a, don't bite it from the side. It's just the way you approach it. Is it in the front or is it the tilt, the head tilt? Yeah, I think I'm going with the head tilt. Okay. Now. Okay. Everybody's going to be like, how do I heat a hot dog? <laughs> Rob bringing these damn questions that break my mind sometimes. You see that, radical ones? <laughs> But yeah, Dudley goes over the rules. We can't do anything that you should be doing. And everything you do must be done of your own free will. I didn't really understand that one a little bit. Maybe you can explain it to me because of the meeting. But then the third rule was like no memory of him once the mission is over. Oh, no, I need to go over the rules oh, if that's okay. No, no, you. no, that, that's not necessary. Well, okay. only take a second, Henry. Right. Rule number one, we can't do anything that you should be doing. Well, that makes sense. If I'm doing it, that'd be two of us, wouldn't it? Exactly. Number two, everything you do must be done of your own free will. Now, that's a biggie. Tough, but fair. Are there many more? Because I really and got Finally, it. when I leave, when the mission is accomplished, yes. you won't have any memory of me. That's my favorite. Okay, so I got my rules, so where can I drop you? That one, I kind of, I get it, but I do wish, to tie up loose ends, if we were just saying that, the ending with that, I kind of do wish there was more of a scene after they have, a like, a falling out to the end, because there was no, really, the two of them coming together and having a reconciliation or anything with that, so the him forgetting at the end kind of sucks for that, but I think guess it's because i don't know what that was about is it because you still have to make the decision if you want it or not and they can only do so much i guess that that's kind of how i took it did you think dudley was purposely going after julia because there was the big fight that they had and they were like you took it or lunch i was like you had a meeting to go to you went to jazzy's you told me to take her out like he kind of pushed Julia on to spending more time with him but do you mm. do you think that Dudley purposely went after Julia at any point in the movie was he wrong because Henry was throwing out accusations and he denied them all and yeah. it was clear that he was in love with her but like do you think he purposely went after her at any point in the movie that's actually a great question except for what were you saying except the, the ice skate like he made him stuck in traffic so he can spend more time yeah. with her like that was clearly sabotage but was there anything else to where dudley wasn't gaslighting him you know i took it innocently but i could totally see that he i mean like you said he i think he would have wished he could have ended up with her but i actually took it as him doing it to make him jealous so he realized what he would be losing. Is that stupid of me? It's not. And I see a little bit of that in there because it's like, look what you're missing out on, this appreciation. And again, he was so surprised that she got up and sang. She was he was so surprised that they went to Jazzy's period. Like you couldn't have taken her anywhere Their else. Place. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, what did you expect? She's gonna go to the place that she probably was thinking about going with you. Exactly. And she'd rather go with you, but you tie yourself to all these other obligations so i you know i don't blame him he was clearly jealous right like oh, yes yes whether he was right or not he clearly came from a place of like how dare you and it's just like somebody's gonna pick her up if you're just gonna leave her on the ground i'm sorry i am a gentleman i don't know what you expect me to do but 
the awkwardness that those two had in front of the mom, I was like, y'all need to stop with this. But they clearly oh had a moment. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, and then when the mother, yeah, she says, take a walk with me. That's when she, she stopped smoking. But yeah, she's like, you know, you're charming. Go charm somebody else. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have any trouble, Dudley. What are you doing to my daughter? Mrs. Coleman, it's all right, I promise you. Mm. Nothing is all right, Dudley. When I see a married woman look at a man that way. I'm just trying to help them. That's ah! all. <coughs> you, know, you really shouldn't smoke. Our time here on Earth is precious. That's right. And you know the most precious time of all is time spent with your family. Now, you know I'm supposed to only be here through Christmas. But I will conveniently have a hip injury and stay to the year 2000 if I have to. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I do now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't see Dudley as a villain. I thought he was definitely there to help the, you know, to me, he seemed kind of like a genie in a way. I was, yeah, yep. I was kind of surprised that he took it upon himself to go to Hamilton's house because I didn't, he didn't really wish that or hint that, oh, you need to go in there and like fix that or whatever. Right. But I liked Hamilton's character as well. Uh, he was a good adversary and uh, someone to sort of take on the character of somebody who doesn't really believe in the whole church thing and more of a money opportunity for him. Good TV tonight. What do you see when you look at a place like this? I'll tell you what I see. Sterling Acres, the latest development miracle well, from not Hamilton anymore. Realty. I see 200 luxury apartments. Over here, 24-hour health club, right on the grounds. State-of-the-art security, designer interiors you have to see to believe. The kind of homes that you deserve. And I know, because I'm Joe Hamilton, and I care about the things you care about. He's so oily, you can fry chicken on that man's smile. <laughs> He called here tonight, huh? said there's a meeting at his office tomorrow at 11. He's got something he wants to show you. And it's easy to persuade people with money so they can do their, you know, whatever. And, it's, you know, he's thinking about the location where it has nothing to do with that. And it's right. Right. And so that was very touching. And then him just being that like Scrooge guy who's just like blown away by the sermon and the gospel music. And he's just like. He's just in the zone. He's just so into it. And it was nice to see that kind of like transformation. I thought it was funny. I actually appreciated that Raw because I like that it wasn't too heavy on that plot. Every minute, like him deviously, like I'm plotting to take the town. Like it was enough that you gave him, you're right, that resistance, the character and, and things like that. But it wasn't so I'm a villain <laughs> with his mustache kind of thing. So I did appreciate that. And Rob, was I crazy or did he have a bowl of cigarettes in his office was i swear to god he had a bowl of cigarettes on his table and i was just like please let rob notice this is this a bowl I of cigarettes not notice that <laughs> i'd have to go back and look i did not see that but i wouldn't be surprised i mean it sets the tone cigarettes are usually used for people who are not meant to be seen in good light so <laughs> Uh, he probably did just to carry on that villainy. <laughs> yeah, prove that he's a real villain. Yeah. Okay. It was so clear. Mrs. Biggs, here. Jessica, you still have more songs to sing. I'm wet. Who used baby wet with for Jesus? 
Mrs. Biggs, the Virgin Mary bailed. People are gonna know that's not in the Bible. Do something. I just have to mention there's one scene that really touched me. The scene where the, the little girl who's playing Mary, the baby, she has baby wet wet and baby wet wet pees all over her. And then they literally was like, Whitney, you, well, Julia, you got to go out there. And <laughs> Rob, I, this song brought back so many memories because I don't even know if I've ever mentioned this either. When up until fifth grade, my parents sent me to a private Catholic school and I had to sing this song in a pageant. Not me personally, but I was part of the group of kids that had to sing this song. So I was just like, oh my God, (laughs) this is a blast from the past. And then Whitney gave me chills with it, but baby wet, wet. Baby Wet Wet. Uh, just another attempt to get her to sing how many songs in this movie. <laughs> like, you had me sit through an entire scene of rehearsal just so she can quit and you can take the lead. I wouldn't be surprised if you planted that wet, wet doll in her laps just so you can take over the role. But here's the other thing. That little girl, how dare you? The show must go on. Ain't That's not even your robe. Like, what do you care? I don't. Maybe she was embarrassed, but I'm like, you don't just get up in the middle of a show and like creep everybody else out because that would have made me nervous. I'm like, you're my counterpart. I'm supposed to be singing with you and you get up and leave. Yeah, she's like, the main. she's the main deal. She's the... Yeah. She was like, I can't work in these conditions. Can you deal with it? And I'm like, how dare you? Baby wet wet. And she tosses, she gives baby wet wet over and leaves. So yeah, that was, that was just a cute, really scene. So we have to talk about the soundtrack before we, you know, wrap up. Like, what were the songs? Lay them out. I mean, like I said, I, I think I believe in you would be takes the whole cake. But that, that song, Who Would Imagine a King? Yeah. I just, I really, and Whitney had that on one of her, well, her only Christmas album. So that one just holds so much nostalgia for me. Okay. And I mean, step by step, but correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't hear it even in this movie at all. Uh, which one? Step by step. Oh, that was the end credits. That was it. I See, that's what I was thinking. But that damn Tubi, we, we watched it on Tubi. They wanted to get the next movie on so quickly. I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah, Keep these no. damn credits on. Okay. Yeah, song for the in credit there. Because Step by Step is, I mean, a song. I love that freaking song. What about you, Rob? I mean, the whole soundtrack, all these gospel songs are beautiful. Yeah, no, no. The soundtrack is great. I I love um, My Heart is Calling when they're ice skating. Love oh, that song so much. Oh, God, yes. I really, really love that song. And then when I bought the soundtrack, You Were Loved stood out to me a lot throughout this whole album but that i think that was a song kind of towards the end i can't remember if it was a scene or if it was just on the end credit but i really really like that song and then of course joy to the world joy to the world like i would i would bounce up and down like they did when they would sing it you remember how courtney just suddenly was just bouncing up and yeah and i was like I was there and I was doing the whole Whitney thing with her hands. Oh my God. She, yeah, you could just picture Whitney singing this song. Gregory getting into it. Like it took him a minute to find the rhythm, but he got it. And then he was joining in on the clapping, but like joy to the world. And yeah. um, The arrangement on that is fantastic on the joy of the world. Um, Joy. I really like joy. And, um, Help is on the way. Hold on. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Yes. 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 That was really good. What is it with these movies that Whitney made that basically became 
Just a soundtrack of just I mean, a soundtrack of her. I mean, I love it. I mean, I I, I wish that I was more uh, fluent in gospel music. I'm not sure which one of these songs were original versus just retakes of them, but yes. It made sense to make her the focal point of the soundtrack if she was willing to do it. And this is right up her alley because she has a gospel background. So yeah, it made sense for her to do it. Now, I know this is a no-brainer for you, but I have to ask. <laughs> do you know what I'm going to ask? No, I'm so like... Bodyguard soundtrack? Preacher's oh, Wife soundtrack? This man breaks me every time he asks me these questions. Okay, as much as I just confessed, I Believe in You and Me is literally one of my favorite Whitney songs. Not just from the soundtrack. I think Run to You on the Bodyguard soundtrack, I will pick that any day. So, the Bodyguard. <laughs> Overall, <laughs> I'm whispering was... it. Overall, that was the better album. You get more Whitney on this album, honestly, on, you know, this movie. But uh, with I Will Always Love You, just because it became her signature. Yeah, the the bodyguard, Rob. Oh, me? Yeah, no. Um, I, I'm used to hearing Whitney's songs from The Bodyguard. But here's the thing. I didn't know that all of those songs were originated on the movie. I thought they were album singles yeah. taken and put in the movie so it's hard for me to just be like oh the bodyguard but the the gospel songs on preacher's wife i will make me feel a certain way that bodyguard can't do so uh i would say preacher's wife soundtrack for me i love that i will say i wish that jesus loves me was on the preacher's wife soundtrack because that would be like the complete gospel <laughs> album then <laughs> um what did you think of this movie man i'm a broken record i really enjoyed this movie over again i had watched it so many times as a kid but it had been mm, i want to say like 15 years or more than i saw it last but it was funny without being silly and over the top like rob always says the kid actor just stole the show every time he was on i loved this freaking kid i have to tell you though rob I think Whitney's act, and I love Whitney. I love you, Whitney Houston. Her acting was not that great in this movie. The bodyguard was so much better. And it was before this movie, so I don't know what the hell happened. I think there were moments when it was called upon Whitney to really play that, how dare you? And like, you know, don't sass me and, you know, you need to do this. And then there were times where she was very soft spoken. Yep. And I think she is a natural mother, so I don't know if any acting chops needed to be done with her chemistry with the with the kid, Jeremiah. But yeah, I, there were moments where I was just like, are you phoning this in? What's happening? I was disappointed, actually. It wasn't her best work, in my opinion. But again, when it was called upon for her to sing and look the part and and be that powerful voice, whether it be her in the choir or her, you know, choir director, all of that, I think, just came natural. Right. And the rest of it just kind of fell into place. But, you know, her being coy, I don't know if maybe that was just the character. I just know that Whitney can project that differently. Whitney can throw some shade when she wanted to and totally give you a look that could kill you. So, yeah, yeah she did not bring that at all. 
I didn't like her character in Wait and Exhale. I I found her to be the worst out of the four women, in my opinion. But she acted the shit out of that role. Yes, yes, yes. So, so what a difference! What yeah, a difference! Definitely a difference. Um, uh, I I did like the movie watching it again. I wouldn't say that it would be a traditional movie for me to watch. Uh, the movie also was a little bit too. It was it was longer than I expected. There were some scenes I could have done without. Other than that, I would say that this movie definitely gives that feel good of hope. I can't say you're going to, you know, want to go to church afterwards, though. But (laughs) I think that you'll have a a better understanding and appreciation for gospel music. Also, the black community. And while this may not be a true story, there are pastors out there that are exactly like Henry, who will literally put their lives on the line for everyone that they meet, no matter if it's just a hello. Like this man was talking to strangers. Every time somebody said hi to him, he stopped and listened and said like, he's in court playing lawyer. He's, you know, picking (laughs) boilers. Yes! Like, these pastors seriously do all of this and they are not given as much credit. They are just seen as people to just drive into the church and make you feel like crap if you don't go. But they are way more than that. And I'm not even, again, a religious person. So like, I don't know firsthand, but I, I know that they exist out there and I know that they are underappreciated and they do all the above for everyone. So trust, if they have a family at home, they're probably getting neglected because they literally put the community first and and their calling. You summed that up perfectly, Rob, because it's almost like Julia's character, having known that her father was the reverend before this, honestly probably should know that this was going to be her life. Like you're saying, it's everyone else. Like you're sacrificing for God, whatever, you know, Jesus, you know, you're giving of yourself. She probably should have known that. But yeah. So Rob, this movie came out December 13th, 1996. The role of Julia was written for Whitney in mind, but now tell me where the hell this came from and I actually watched Denzel saying this because I was like no this is not real and then I watched an interview Julia Roberts was considered for the role I'm not mad about it here's the thing they did Pelican Brief together Mm, so they already had that relationship and you know I don't see her as a preacher's wife let alone to Courtney B. Vance but that's what I was gonna say is would that completely change the whole dynamic there is absolutely no way that this white woman would not be brought up in conversation like all of the choir women would be like why you pick this white woman to be your wife you know like she is no first lady to me like it's just not in the cards unless they worked in the plot that she needed to get with the black community because if anything she would be stereotyping the shit out of this role if she was to have a black family it just would have been weird but just yeah. look, at, look look at the opposite of that remember um even though it, it's not necessarily color assigned that Whoopi needed to be a black and sister act. They did not cast her first. They wanted bet. They were going to keep the whole choir white and they made it, they made it, they turned it into a black role. So who knows, you know, sometimes you want to, you know, just mix it up a little bit. And the preacher's wife could have been an example of that if they wanted to. You know, actually what I I thought of what I wanted to tell you, Rob, I'm bringing up Rob's copyrighted term of a snow globe movie. I think this is a snow globe movie. You think so? 
I mean, yes, this is realistic because there are communities just like this, like you're saying, but it was just like a, a magical, I mean, it, for me, it was like this condensed magical thing where this stuff could happen. And it was just like, okay, yeah, I, it happened. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I mean, it took place around Christmas. There was snow every day, you know, <laughs> yeah, there was. the neighborly love and whatnot. And, you know, just the one off of like, oh, it was him. He did it. But like... Um, with with the um the guy who robbed the store, yeah, that yeah, we totally glanced over that subplot, yeah. but it kind of looked like it was almost shoehorn in too. Like they didn't really give it too much. Yeah, well, again, time. it was just many examples of like you know, don't give up and and don't let you know societal like woes bring you down, and you know you have to you know believe that things will turn out okay and so i mean i i get it but uh yeah yeah i i, I can see where where you get that from i mean there are movies that definitely provoke an emotion yes for sure and this movie definitely does that um when i talk about snow globe movie i'm just saying like this town does not exist anywhere this town is practical yeah like itself. A- it's very yeah so while i've never been there but i will say this you want to talk about snow globe yeah let's are we ready to have the conversation as to where julia and henry live because as denzel walks off into the sunset away from their house they just happen to be living on elm street (laughs) every town has an elm street my horror little mind cannot cannot just look past that i'm sorry is this the same universe no (laughs) i I can't help it i can't help it i love horror too much not to acknowledge that so (laughs) i just thought that was funny so just along the lines the i have a few more trivia and maybe this was your horror aspect rob the the production was plagued by accidents and poor weather really no i didn't know that severe snowstorms in new jersey where scenes were shot and new york where scenes were also shot caused production several shooting days later the cast and crew moved to portland maine to shoot scenes that occur at an ice skating ring but then unseasonably warm weather turned the ice to water and for Forced them to rent a snowmaking machine. Then wow. the production filmed in several crime-ridden areas of New York City to achieve authenticity. Robberies were common in the area, leaving the cast and crew nervous. While filming exteriors at a church in Yonkers, New York, a building a block away caught fire and two children died. Then it gets, I mean, it keeps going. Then one crew member rushed, rushed a ladder from production to the building and saved the life of of a four-year-old child. The weekend before filming at the church, an elderly parishioner fell, broke her hip, and died. Oh my God. In the middle of filming, a crew member was struck by a car and killed. I would have said at this point, this... (laughs) (laughs) God is telling us not to make this movie. And then filming was to schedule and wrap at the end of February, but the crew was still shooting at the beginning of May. Some of the scenes shot were those at Main Street in Tarrytown, New York. Oh my God, that's where I just went for my birthday, Tarrytown. And then the entire street had to be dressed for Christmas in fake snow on the street. And then Rob in two. 2009, Whitney revealed to Oprah that, maybe this explains it, during her shooting, her cocaine and marijuana habits had gotten so bad, there was never a day of filming she had not been on drugs. On The Preacher's Wife? Every day. 
She was on either cocaine or... She did not look that at all. Are you That's serious? what I was going to say. I was like, damn, she must have really been able to hold it down, at least as a professional. Like She you was know, around she... kids and everything? That is weird. This was the height of her drug. Uh, God was like, we got to shut this shit down. Yeah. <laughs> no, here's the thing. She, God's like, yeah, this movie is going to promote everybody to be asking me for help. And then when I don't deliver, they're going to just crap all over me. We got to shut this down. I want you here doing this. I want to send out those people. Get rid of that snow. Like he was on it. He was like, this movie is blasphemous. Like, yeah, I am not about to deal with all these false prophets asking me for free money. Like, shut this movie down. <laughs> there you go. So maybe that explains the acting because this should honestly be in a natural role for her. Like you said, performing and the gospel background that she had. Well, w- was she on anything when she did Sparkle? Because that was her last role. No, she was supposedly. That's when she cleans her her act up okay okay well very good god i do love sparkle and the original one by the way actually the remake i think wasn't as good as the original but yeah i never saw the original oh maybe i could have you watch that one day rob (laughs) 70s oh damn i know radical ones this was a packed episode we hope you we gave you some christmas feels did you learn how to eat a hot dog let us know let us know you got the sideway tilt or you take it straight on (laughs) like (laughs) like some of us uh rob where can the lovely people find you when you're not hanging out over here uh currently doing brunch with the hollowells we're covering the last two seasons of charmed in comic book form ryan joins me on that and it's a bi-weekly podcast every other Sunday during brunch. Brunch with the Hollowells. The link will be below for you to check that out. And the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, one word on Instagram. We're also on YouTube. And we are always updating videos on there. Next week is Frosty the Snowman with David. And then we have a Thundercats episode the last week of the month. And we're taking a short break for the new year. And we will be back with Rob in 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I will be back. Thank you again. And thank you rob and um merry christmas everybody happy holidays happy holidays but my parents still think i made ugly up they say if he's so real then where is he but just like i told daddy just because you can't see the air doesn't stop you from breathing and just because you can't see god it don't stop you from believing Then Daddy smiled and said, Son, that's what we call faith. Savior is born! Heaven! Heaven.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.